Don't be confused. It is not Friday. It is still Wednesday, but we are playing Macho Man for a different reason today. That is to welcome Czech News' Rob Shaw. He is here instead of Von Palmer just for today with his take on the headlines. Good morning to you. Good morning. I thought people needed a little Friday energy on Wednesday, so <laughs> yeah, that's nothing, the song. Nothing wrong with that, that's for sure. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for being back with us. Let's start with talking about what the Premier is up to. Lots happening today, and this is an announcement on the downtown east side. Any idea what we can expect? Yeah, well, we're expecting some type of housing announcement in the downtown east side with the Premier, his housing minister, Ravi Kalon, and Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim. Uh, you know, the Premier has been holding a bunch of meetings very quietly behind the scenes on the downtown east side. Uh, last Monday, he met service providers and, and some of the frontline groups that are working in that area. And then last Friday, he met with the uh, business associations in Chinatown and, and Vancouver's mayor. And then there was a meeting yesterday, a big one with the different levels of government, including the federal minister, Carolyn Bennett, who uh, handles mental health and addiction. So he's trying to, I think, show people that he is moving forward with that idea of taking over, coordinating the downtown east side. One of the first things he's talked about in the past needing to be done there is finding a way to sort of visibly uh, remove or get people off of the streets um, that one of the coordination issues, you know, we've talked about in the past is when one arm of government, in this case, the Vancouver Fire Department, uh, orders that tents um, be removed. But then another arm of government, BC Housing, doesn't have enough shelter spaces uh, for people to go inside. So those kind of things, I think the premier is trying to cut through and figure out. Uh, he's asked his housing minister to take this over and show visible progress. And uh, I think today is one of the first steps in that. But boy, it, it is a huge file and it's not going to be solved in one press conference. So <laughs> I expect that Ravi Kalon is going to have a lot of work cut out for him on this one. No, exactly. It's uh, been a long time uh, getting to this point and getting out of it. Although, uh, as you know, Premier Eby uh, did talk about this and said he doesn't want people living in tents, that this is not a solution. This isn't something we should be okay with. So it will be interesting to see exactly what uh, they're talking about and, and what uh, perhaps, I guess, new solutions might be put on the table. Yeah, and I think one fascinating part of the mandate letters that came out with Cabinet uh, just the other week was what was not in there on this file that we were looking for. And there's two things that EB's talked about. A new mental health facility for the province, you know, some sort of um, uh, new kind of um, Riverview facility that a modern version of, of where people can go. That's not in any of the mandate letters. And then um, also, the idea of involuntary care, which the Premier has talked about, if you've overdosed several times, uh, perhaps you should be held against your will in a hospital for treatment, which has been a very controversial idea, but he says it could save people's lives. That's not in there either. There's a kind of vague discussion of maybe uh, a seamless uh, way of handling uh, addictions and overdose treatment that you know, fall through the gaps between detox and stabilization and housing. But those are question marks because we're not sure if the premier in his leadership race promises and his early days as premier is going to follow through with those. And they're certainly not reflected in kind of the immediate short term uh, mandates for his ministers. All right. We will uh, wait and see what that announcement is. And that's, as you mentioned, coming up a bit later on this morning. Let's talk more about uh, a story in the news run today. And this has to do with the pay ch- uh, paychecks for MLAs. Yeah, anytime MLAs 
fiddle with their pay. It becomes very controversial very quickly. And in this case, by law, there's a rule that every year MLAs get a cost of living increase automatically. They don't have to do anything. It just goes up at the rate of inflation. Well, we're in an, an enormous uh, inflationary time. And so MLAs setting the budget for next year took a look at their pay. And yesterday we're realizing that it is between 6 to 10% uh, inflationary increase for them. They make $115,000 base closer to 170 if you're in cabinet. So they're looking at seven, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 pay increase at a time when affordability is a top issue. And the BC Liberals turned this into a wedge issue. They, a few months ago, proposed MLA should just take a pass, a, a symbolic pass on any pay raise uh, to kind of show solidarity with people struggling. The NDP said it might be interested in that, but it kind of hesitated a little bit. And then yesterday... They announced, well, actually, we're going to follow through with that, too. We're going to jump on board. We're going to take a zero. Uh, and I think the issue that the NDP just couldn't get around here was that if they allowed MLAs to take a 6 to 10% pay increase, <laughs> that's actually uh, much higher than the pay increases that are being settled in the, the public service right now. So teachers, uh, doctors, uh, although doctors have a, a bit of a special deal, but healthcare workers, civil servants, uh, they're in line for 3.24% and then 5.5% and then 2%. And MLAs are going to come blowing through with, you know, 6 to 10% in one year. That was not something that I don't think anyone could justify. So the NDP yesterday saying, all right, fine, let's take a zero here. Uh, technically, this is all not supposed to be political. There's supposed to be an independent kind of set of rules that govern MLA pay so we don't get stuck in this mess every year. But uh, that's politics. It, it, if it can be the messiest possible outcome, that's that's where it heads, and, <laughs> and that's how we that's how we ended up talking about MLA pay yesterday. I guess so. And and you mentioned the bargaining and the deals that have been reached, and I wondered about that too because and we talked about this uh, uh, briefly, or we've talked about the um, the ads that are running, and people I'm sure have seen the BCNU ads that show very kind of gripping scenes from different healthcare scenarios, and I was thinking about that as well. Imagine that in the midst of the bargaining for that particular union, those ads running, if it came to light that they had given themselves this six to 10% pay hike, it, it just wouldn't look good. No. And, and they're going to be tough enough negotiations with the nurses. I mean, they need more money. They need better recruitment. They need more staff. Uh, they're a, a key linchpin of our healthcare crisis right now with all the wait times and closures. And they're negotiating a little bit later than the other main unions. And it's been revealed during that time that government's sitting on a $6 billion surplus this year. It's actually more like $10 billion if you fold in all the unallocated money. So there's a ton of cash lying around and the nurses want some of it. And this kind of, uh, you know, massive pay increase for MLAs would not have reflected well on those negotiations, I don't think. No, I think it's it's nice. It's refreshing to see uh, MLAs actually look at what's happening and see that the optics of something would be very bad and, and make that decision. Um, this is a, an interesting topic as well and really shows how things are, are changing, I think. And this is the first daycare at the legislature. What's this all about? Yeah, also yesterday in these all-party meetings where they talk about pay and how the legislature works and things like that, uh, MLAs voted to move forward with a daycare at the legislature. They're, they're going to analyze it, but they're all supportive of it from all parties. And it would essentially give MLAs, uh, staff, and then maybe even some members of the public 
uh, the ability to have their kids taken care of during the long hours and weird hours of working in politics. And the hope was that it would help encourage more people to to get involved in the political world, working there, running for office. Uh, if you have an ability to kind of better manage your family life and the weird long hours that are part of politics. And it's sort of, it's interesting. It would be the first daycare at the legislature and uh, it would be this little modular unit they build there. And then eventually they'd incorporate it into renovations in one of the buildings, actually where Vaughn's office is <laughs> in the armory behind the building. So they'd be replacing Vaughn with a, a childcare facility. <laughs> I don't think anyone's told them yet. <laughs> Keith Baldry too. Wait, uh, are Vaughn and Keith in charge of the daycare? Do, has anyone that, told them I, this? I think that would violate various <laughs> licensing rules, but uh, <laughs> but uh, the, that building is kind of condemned back there and they want to put a daycare and some other things in it. So it, it was one of those things that all MLA said, hey, you know what? This is pretty good. Like there have been, um, uh, you know, people who worked in that building, uh, including some high profile MLAs in the 90s uh, and, uh, you know, up until now who have had children and sort of had to deal with, um, you know, where where do you balance that um, with these ridiculous hours in politics and having something at the facility would maybe make it easier to convince people to get into public life and, and help out with that. So that's moving forward. And That'll be a big change at the legislature as well. Yeah, if I'm remembering correctly, didn't Christy Clark make a room for her child at least when she came back? Because she came back really quickly, I think, and and there at least was some kind of setup, not a full scale daycare, but at least trying to find some accommodation for that. She did, yeah, yeah. and then Jenny Kwan uh, right. as well uh, did that in the '90s, and so there, there's sort of been these kind of like stopgap measures that were was very novel at the time, you know, for someone to have a child at the legislature and balance that. But now it's just ordinary. Uh, there is uh, feeding going on in the chamber. There are babies in the chamber that are allowed uh, in there. Just the normal act of of being, um, you know, a, a person and having a child. So the, the daycare seems like a natural extension of that, even if it's going to cut into Vaughn's uh, office space a little <laughs> bit and, and create a little bit of background noise when he's doing his radio hits. But that's okay. I think Vaughn, I think Vaughn will be fine. With that. He'll be fine. We'll just we'll get you to, to break the news to him that the, the changes are coming to that part of the legislature. Yeah, it'd be, a, it'd be a heck of a TV show, Vaughn <laughs> and Keith in a, in a daycare in their office. I, I'd subscribe to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Rob, thanks so much for filling in for Vaughn today. Great chatting with you. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, take care. Thanks.